What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. On today's episode, I got to sit down with Elliot Lance, the owner of Prime Performance Rehab, which is a cash-based or direct pay performance physical therapy practice here in Charleston, South Carolina. Elliot shares his story about becoming a PT, starting his own business in the midst of a pandemic, his beliefs when it comes to pain and healthcare and who he's referring to all the time when he says we. So we talk a lot about the cash-based model, why Elliot likes to wake up at 4 a.m., and how healthcare actually shouldn't be a good business model. Elliot is driven and passionate and places a huge emphasis on taking ownership of your healthcare. And for that, I'm confident that he already has and will continue to make a huge impact in our community. So without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. On today's episode, we have a guest that probably should have been on the podcast a while ago, but better late than never, right? Introducing Elliot Lance from Prime Performance Rehab. Elliot, welcome. Hey, Hannah. Good to be here. Yeah. Happy to have you on. Excited to hear about what you do all day, what yeah. Prime Performance Rehab is really all about. <laughs> So tell our listeners what you do here in Charleston. Yeah, well, I'd first like to just point out that I just think, you know, when I walked into Made to Move, they just have a pretty toxic culture that they have going on Yeah, And, uh, you know, I I think someone called me a name and said something about my mom. What? Yeah, Dane spit at me when I walked in. Dane's not even here. No, he did. I don't know, so... Just for what it's worth, I'd just like to yeah, publicly have that on record. You didn't bring me a smoothie or coffee. <laughs> you brought yourself coffee. Yeah. In the Yeti mug that I bought you and designed <laughs> and got you for Christmas. Hey, Prime has to take care of, take care of ourselves. Well, I take care of Prime. <laughs> what is Prime? Who are you? Yeah, so um, we are a performance physical therapy uh, clinic over there on James Island, which uh, so we're on the corner of Maybank and Folly, um, and we've been inside Exemplar Fitness for the last couple months, um, just doing physical therapy, strength and conditioning, and starting to kind of get into the massage and nutrition realm. More importantly, you're next to Maple Street Biscuit Company. Right, right beside. You know, I we're right beside Harris Teeter and Maple Street Biscuit Company. And. And European Wax. <laughs> And European Wax Center. <laughs> um, Ideal clients everywhere, honestly. Honestly, it really is. And uh, super convenient to be so close to Harris Teeter, I'll say that. Yeah, definitely. So how long have you been around doing this in Charleston? Um, so like you, I graduated in May um, from MUSC. 
Um, we started Prime in, I guess it was March is when it officially began, and then we opened our doors in Exemplar in June. First I would week like June. to clarify um, for all of our listeners who are dying to know, who is we? <laughs> we is Prime. We is uh, everyone that is involved in Prime Performance Rehab, whether that be on the front end, the back end, anything like that. So just this overarching concept of Prime. Yes. Optimus right. Prime. We're always trying to be a little bit bigger than ourselves. We're trying... Prime is designed to be a little bit bigger than myself. So we want it to eventually be a big company. We want to eventually touch a lot of lives. So therefore, I use we every single time I speak about it. But really, who is we? So a month <laughs> ago, who was we? A month ago, we was... Me and my dog, obviously. Um, Marco. Feel like yeah, we need a head name of, drop. Head of marketing. Um, uh, and so we just kind of developed a, a sense of we, and that's what I use for all of our, when describing Prime. Good. I'm glad that we got that out there, for sure. Yeah. But we now, we has changed. Right? We has changed, yeah. And so we're, uh, uh, it, it happened yesterday, we announced um, that we added a whole new team member to the group, uh, to Prime, and her name is Katie. Uh, she is a licensed massage therapist. She's born and raised right here in Charleston. Um, well, she's from Charlotte, but spent most of her life here in Charleston. Um, she's been a traveling massage therapist in and around kind of the Charleston, IOP, Mount Pleasant area, um, and we are really, really excited to have her on board. Awesome. I definitely want to talk about that later yep. on. Tell me about like your journey. What led you to be a physical therapist? Yeah, um, good question. I think the biggest thing, right? I didn't have a big injury and then some really inspiring PT kind of held my hand and showed me the way and, and walked through, right? Like I just was a, an athlete in high school and in college and that kind of blossomed into this really deep love for movement and love for trying to get myself stronger, faster, bigger, whatever my goal was at the time. And it just kind of blossomed into something that I really, really had a knack for or had a passion for or whatever you want to call it. And so then when I got to college, I knew I wanted to go somewhere down the medical route. I knew I wanted to do something in health and wellness. And I wasn't really sure where I kind of fit into that puzzle piece, if you will. And so then I thought, you know, I kind of want to be a doctor. I kind of want to like, be a true physician, MD, change lives that way. Um, and, you know, the more I got into it at Wofford, I just, I, I also enjoyed, you know, having a life and playing baseball. And, and at the time, like, I just couldn't commit myself to, to dedicating that much time and effort towards, you know, becoming a doctor and what that, you know, the grades or whatever that entailed. So, I explored other options, and I eventually stumbled upon physical therapy, and it was the best thing that I ever did. It was, it turned something that I wasn't super sure about, that I, I knew I wanted to do something in the medical realm, but I, I wasn't sure, into this, you know, perfect avenue of trying to really and truly touch people's lives with movement, something that's been so important to me. Um, and, and it just, it, it started to become more and more evident that that's exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so then I applied to MUSC and, and got in and um, here we are. Here we are. I didn't know what PT was. I think probably when I 
decided to be a PT, I still didn't really know what it was. And honestly, yeah. now, like, I'm still not really <laughs> sure what it I is. I know. I think that's fair. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I still don't really, really feel, feel like I understand what a physical therapist really does. I think that most people, like, we don't understand fully everything about the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really hard. It's really hard to put a name and put a a description or a list of things that we do for people because man it just differs every single time. It differs with everyone, right? You know, I the the best way to put it and the best way I put it with my patients is usually my job is to get you from point A to point B. And right and like however we do that, whether that's, you know, physically strength and conditioning to as, you know, as far as like just trying to help them manage stress and trying to be just a problem solver in their life, right? So like it's PT started something like in or started for me as like some niche. I'm going to help people move better. I'm going to help strengthen conditioning and things like that. The like the really nitty gritty, you know, tool and hammer kind of physical therapy. And it's kind of turned into something where like now I just am a problem solver. And I just try to sit there, listen to people, solve people's problems, and then we just move on from there. And I think that's like, you're allowed to do that because you're in performance PT, right? For sure. Like, you have such a bigger possible impact because you can use that hour and you can talk and you can Mm. listen and you can help them solve their problems. You can use that hour as a workout. You can use that hour as an eval. Like, there's so many different ways because you are a performance like cash-based PT, so many different ways that you can help people. Definitely. So throughout MUSC, like at what point did you decide, I want to go that route? Like I want to go cash-based. Mm-hmm. What was the process like of creating Prime? Yeah, uh, another good question. Um, I'm really good at questions, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you are pretty good at questions, I have found out. Wow, um, thank you. Oof. So, cash-based. I had no idea cash-based physical therapy existed or was even a thing. I'd say at least at least a year in, probably closer to two years into my three-year physical therapy schooling. Um, it really wasn't until I had even heard of Eve and, you know, subsequently you talked a lot about it because that was your first dissertation. Um you know, talking about what cash base is. And, you know, I had a lot of preconceived notions on like, you know, when I first heard about it, like, oh, it's, you know, that's just, you know, them trying to make money or, you know, it's just a different route or, you know, I thought it was kind of more boutique or something like that. And, you know, I'd heard of it, I skimmed the surface and I didn't really consider it um, until I started to really learn more about it. And then I had the, you know, a, a really, a really great opportunity, my fourth rotation um, I got to go up to outside the Boston area and shadow a Marlboro <laughs> and shadow a cash-based physical therapist. His name's Andrew. Um, he's the owner of Move Strong Physical Therapy, and they're based out of Cressy uh, Cressy Sports Performance up there in Hudson, Massachusetts. So, oh, I thought it was Marlboro. That's right. Marlboro. I, lived. I lived in Marlboro. I can't Marlboro, even say it. Marlboro. Marlboro. Uh, so that's where I lived, and then I worked in Hudson with with Andrew and Move Strong. And Andrew, the way he ran his clinic, right? So like up until this point, I had been to three previous rotations, just kind of watching and and participating and treating in insurance-based clinics and like figuring out what that was and really just learning how to be a physical therapist. 
but man, like, I mean, I know you experienced it too. Like it was just a mill. It's just try, like trying to see as many people as you can, whether that's two an hour, three an hour, it didn't really matter. Um, and just like, you know, when, when you're a physical therapist and you're trying to solve someone's problem, which we are trying to do that in 20 minutes or less is virtually impossible. You don't have all the data that you need. Not even close, right? Or the relationship that you need. Great point, right? Like, and it's, it was just really hard. So that's what my first three rotations were, were all about. And then this fourth one, this last one with Andrew, it really just opened my eyes to cash base. I realized that, A, that Andrew is changing lives up there and he's doing a phenomenal job. Him and his team, he's been able to hire three, three other people now. When? Which is really cool. They So they hired Jared, who was there. So they have an admin. That's one yeah. person, right? So then J- uh, Jared, he hired six months prior to me getting oh, there. Okay. So like sometime in 2019. So he had been there for a little while when I was up there. And then they just hired, like I think a month ago, two months oh, wow. ago, uh, Julie Hubbard, who was the Just for Kicks just for kicks Boston, I don't know. She has a pretty big soccer oh, that's Instagram cool. that's up there. Cool. So like baseball, she's been, soccer. Right, yeah. exactly. So anyways, right, so like seeing how many lives he was changing and, and just how well he was doing, both business and just um, you know, patient outcomes wise, I was like, Wow, this is great. He sees maybe five people per day. He spends at least an hour, probably closer to seventy five minutes with each person. Each person knows exactly what they're doing. It's in a beautiful gym. And I'm like, man, like, I don't know what I was doing up until this point, but like, this is it. This is the move. Like, he is actually really, really helping people. Um, and so it was really cool to see. And then so kind of winding down after that fourth rotation, right, Corona hit and we had, uh, we had to come home early. Lives changed Lives drastically. Changed. But, you know, you, we are sitting there and we're... You know, you're really thinking like... Is this you and Marco? Because you keep saying this, we. Uh, honestly, this is you and I. We are both sitting there and, and we're talking about it. We're talking about our experiences, right? Like you went to San Diego, I went to Boston. And just like trying to trying to figure it out, like, I don't know. You know, me thinking to myself, like, I don't know if I can go back. Like after experiencing how cash-based is and how well, you know, it impacted so many lives... I don't know if I can go back. Like it was just, it was just too much of exactly the right thing to even really consider changing course and going the opposite way, going the insurance route. It just, it, it was no longer an option. Carrie Underwood says it's like having wine after whiskey. <laughs> and that's what, like for me, this was my first rotation. So I was ruined. Like I was yeah. rotten. I was spoiled. For I was sure. a brat, but you like got to see everything, and then it was your last rotation. Mm-hmm. And I like also being in Eric Cressy's facility. Like I'm sure no, that was no. amazing. It was. I mean, like in being a baseball player, like it it was quite literally a dream come true. I remember, I'm a huge Cleveland Indians fan, and um, Browns, and Cleveland Browns. Go Browns, baby. Go Baker. <laughs> Baker. Um, <laughs> and the very first day that I walked in, I had not been inside Cressy Sports Performance for more than 45 minutes. And Corey Kluber walks up, who I'm sure no one who's listening to this knows who Corey <laughs> Kluber is. But Corey Kluber is in, is a Cy Young, just an incredible pitcher who used to pitch for, for the Cleveland Indians. Who and does he ma- pitch for now? He actually just got signed for the Yankees. Oh, which just, makes sense. Just recently, right? Because yeah, Cressy's now at, oh, at New York. Oh, sketchy. But, 
Kluber's getting old. Um, that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> um, and he he was my idol. He was my idol in middle school, high school, college. He is exactly who I modeled myself, my pitching self, after my entire life. And getting to meet him, walking through that door, I mean, it was... I, I can't Star even put in words. Yeah. yeah, I remember you like sent me a Snapchat, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Who's that?" Yeah, I mean, it was it was. Yeah. I think my exact caption was, "If anyone knows anything about me, they'll know how big of a deal this is for me." And so it was just really cool. So unfortunately, that rotation got cut short. It did, yeah. But I feel like that is what allowed you mm. to like make this decision. Yeah, it, it was. It's funny how those things work out, right? Obviously. COVID has been, a, you know, a horrible experience for so many people. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it gave me the time, right? So we had to come back. I think it was in March. It was mid-March. Mid-March, mm-hmm. yeah. We had to come back and we basically had to sit around in quarantine for a really long time. And, you know, like we were obviously studying for boards pretty aggressively. But you know, there, was a, there was a time while studying for boards that we weren't even sure that we were going to be allowed to take them. So now you're just sitting there like, we really have nothing to do. Like, we, we, we've just, you know, dumped 200 k into student loans. And now we're, we might graduate. We might, like, we definitely can't work right now. Like, we might be able to take boards. And so if, if everything gets pushed back like it was looking like it was... You know, like, what do I, what do we do? You were like, there's nothing to lose. I might as well just start my own business right? in the like, middle of I mean, COVID. <laughs> like, like, I'm already not, I'm already 200K in the hole. Like, I might as well just, you oh know, like, gosh. I'm already used to not making money. Um, yeah, and so that's kind of, that's kind of where it started. And it, honestly, quarantine gave, gave me, gave us a lot of just free time to iron out, like, is this, is this viable? Is this something that can actually happen? What made you decide like let I'm gonna burn the ships. Like what mm-hmm. made you decide this is viable? I'm actually gonna do it. What switched it from being an idea to an yeah. action? Yeah. Um it I kinda just brought it back to like every time I was questioning it, I just kinda brought it back to the the logic of it, right? Like if I if I ever envisioned myself doing this, which I obviously did, right? Like going up to going up to Boston, I realized that there was no other way for me. Like I, I wanted to do this in some form or capacity. Like, so then it's like, okay, let me work for a couple of years and then I'll, I'll save enough and I'll, I'll build it. I'll build it that way. And it just kind of hit me just the, the logic of it trying to, like, I'm, I was not going to ever have any, any less of a financial burden in my, like in my personal life, you know, whether that be rent, mortgage, all those things, right? Like, there was not going to be a time where I had the least amount of risk than I do right now. And like at the end of the day, if, you know, if I burned all the ships and the, and the plan failed, I felt fairly confident that I could go out and I could find an insurance-based job and like I would survive. So I knew that, you know, of, of all points in my life, you know, thinking from now to maybe 10 years from now, this is probably the time in my life where I had the least amount of, of risk to do it. And then I was, you know, quote unquote, gifted a couple months of quarantine trying to figure it out. And, you know, it was kind of just this perfect little storm that, that gave me the spark enough to, to actually try it. And I would say it's going pretty well, right? <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're doing, we're doing just fine. Um, how's this year been for you since a wild ride, May, June, I guess, I don't know. like, 
whenever you first started, I don't remember the day that you first saw like your first patient, mm-hmm. but like looking back, like what has it been like? Yeah. Well, um, you know better than anyone. So we, uh, we were opening, we had talked to, we had talked to Joey at Exemplar, um, trying to figure out when I wanted to actually start, right? I had all the pieces in place. It was just like, all right, when am I going to go? Um, and the week before I was supposed to start, we had like we had announced it on social media. We had built up all these co- this content. We were ready to go like for the first week in June, and we both tested positive for COVID. Oh, I didn't know it was the same week. It was the same week, and Oof. I had to wait. <laughs> yeah, we had to wait. Um, and not so right. that was that was not a not an ideal start, but um, but yeah. And so then you know from that point on, it, it's just been a, a lot of learning. It's been a lot of just steady learning trying to learn all the things that PT school doesn't teach you in terms of business and taxes and and things like that things Getting that a county I, permit yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, what a nightmare. Uh, just trying to learn all the things that I didn't know right like I felt average about my ability to be a physical therapist like I I knew I'd be fine I definitely wasn't going to kill anyone um, and I think I could help some people, um, but obviously we're going to learn a lot of a lot of that on the way. But it's the it's the business side of things. It's trying to trying to learn that. So that's where I dedicated a lot of my time this year. So is that where you feel like you were the least prepared? Mm-hmm. Like graduating from PT school, where do you feel like you were the least prepared? I a couple of areas for sure. Um, the least prepared, yeah. I mean. In terms of PT school education, that is definitely where I felt the least prepared. And, you know, it was the business side of things. It was how do I actually be a functioning human being, especially in the cash-based world. You know, PT school does a very good job at teaching you how to pass the board exam and and doing all those things, um, whether or not we agree that the board exam reflects on what actually being a PT is. Um, that's a different story, but the but PT school does do a does do a very good job at, at teaching you how to pass the board exam. Um, it does not mention anything about you know owning your own business or anything like that. And so that was that's in terms of PT school that was the toughest part to challenge, to tackle. Um, you know, obviously there are other resources when trying to figure out how to run a business, and and those were extremely helpful. But yeah, if your question is about PT school in general, I, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, like I think obviously PT school gives us a ton of tools that we didn't have before PT school. 100%. I feel like I was I was under the impression and I think most new grads are that you graduate and then you see patients all day and yep. then you feel good. You're like, "All right, I got this. This is what I trained for." But that's what I felt very unprepared for, especially in a world mm-hmm. where you see patients like you said for an hour to 75 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, you're like, "Oh my god, I saw seven hours of patients today, which compared to someone in, in insurance, is like not that many hours, but I felt unprepared with just like seeing a volume of patients and not feeling like burnt out, I guess. Yeah. Because when you see patients in rotations, like they're just not your patients there. And it's, there's restrictions. Like you're also doing it for your CI or like your mentor and to have someone like sitting across from you that is there to see you as a physical therapist, yeah. it's just a lot of pressure. Paying you, like you know, it is it is a lot of pressure. And you know, we had we had a little bit of you know we had different experiences coming right out of school, right? Like 
um, you were probably thrust into a way heavier patient volume than I was, right? Like I, you know, I'd saw, you know, two people a week at the start, right? Like I, it was, it was very much so not the volume of people that, you know, that would overwhelm me. It was, it was all the other things. Yeah. It was running. Um, whereas, you know, if, if I was in your shoes, right, like being, you know, just dumped into a situation where I had to see multiple people per day, 75 minutes, like right off the rip, like, yeah, that's intimidating, intimidating as hell. So, and like, there was it. a ramp up period, of course. And part of it For was sure. my decision to be like, I'm not going to get comfortable doing this by not doing it. Hmm. So like, I might as well do it. You mentioned like some business resources. Hmm. What do you feel like helped you out with that? <laughs> You yeah. gotta give him a shout I know, out. Yeah. Come on, I, I, I do. I do have to uh, give give Eve and and the and Danny and the people at PT Biz a, a shout out, right? Like, if if there was any, let's put it this way: there was absolutely no chance that any of what I'm doing or what a lot of P, cash based PTs are doing. There's no way that that would be possible without those two and and their whole team. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to shine a light away from from PT Biz as a whole, but man, Eve and Danny and that group over there provide absolutely incredible content. You know, whether that's business or sales or anything of the matter, marketing, just a lot of things that that PTs don't have, just inherently don't have a lot of great understanding about, and, and it it really is an incredible resource. And I know they know it is, but it's worth mentioning how, how helpful that has been throughout this whole process. Yeah. I mean, without Eve, mm-hmm. neither of us would be here. Right nope. Now. I remember sitting at this table, I don't know, probably a year ago now, mm-hmm. just talking with Eve and trying to figure out, right? Like I knew this was after we got back from rotation. Like I was trying to figure out where, where I fit in, in the cash-based world of Charleston. Cause I knew I wanted to be here and I knew I wanted to be cash-based. And the only one who really did it, um, here in Charleston's Eve. And so like trying to figure out like where, where I fit in in that. And, and so I remember talking with him and we kind of talked a lot about, you know, we talked a lot about made to move and we talked a lot about, you know, potential growth opportunities that y'all had and, and potential opportunities elsewhere. Um, it was really helpful and, and Eve's been great the whole way. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned earlier, like when you first heard cash based, it gave you, like, it kind of made you think a certain way of, like, oh, they just want to do it for the money or blah, blah, blah. Do you think it's the words cash-based? Like, do you think we need to, like, legitimately change the way that we phrase it? Like, what can we do to change the way that people see it if they don't know anything about it? That's a great question. Um, Yeah, not knowing anything about it and, like, emphasizing I didn't know anything about it. I literally just had heard the phrase cash-based PT. Yeah, it inherently, I mean, it has, that's the first word you say is cash, cash, right? Like it, it inherently lends itself to seeming like it probably is just, they're doing it for the money. They're just charging, you know, pretty, you know, expensive rates for, for the same product. And right. Like even in PT school, you don't really understand the value of the product that we are providing. And so like when you're like, when thinking about cash base, like you're like, Oh, like, well, I'll, People do that for just insurance. And it's not until you really understand like kind of the the hole that a lot of clinicians and insurance companies really get themselves into, you know, seeing twenty people per day or something Gross. just ridiculous. 
it's really not until you see that side of it that you realize like, oh my gosh, these cash-based, quote-unquote, cash-based PTs are able, just like, just on pure time alone, are able to provide so much more value than any, you know, good-intentioned insurance PT could provide just because they don't have the enough, like enough time. You could put the, the best PT physical therapist in the world, you could put them in an insurance based clinic seeing three people an hour and then like, they're going to struggle. Like they're probably going to get burnt out because if they're, if they really are a good PT, they're going to pour their heart, soul, energy into trying to get each person better. And man, doing that times 20 per day, the constraint five days, man, like it's, it's just, it's unsustainable. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, exactly. There are some amazing PTs mm. in the insurance world, and I'm very For happy sure. about that because there needs to be, but it's like there's just so many constraints to treating at your like maximum potential, and I think we don't know the value of this in PT school, but we also don't know the cost. We know mm. kind of about insurance, and we learn about like billing and maybe like what a deductible and a copay is, like still not really sure, Barely. but we don't know... And we never know until you get the bill what the patient pays for insurance-based care. They could get the bill six months later, and they actually get nothing reimbursed. But they were seen twice a week for 30 minutes when someone else is on a table next to them. Yeah. And so people think, they're like, oh, cash-based is expensive. But it's just that I'm showing you that it's $200 a visit up front. And insurance is putting a sticky note over that $200, and they're saying TBD. But then they're going to send you a bill that's more than that, and you didn't even get half the quality of care. Yeah, I was about to say, like, and then you probably got pretty subpar care, either from 10 minutes of a therapist's time or probably more more likely five minutes of a therapist's time and 15 with a PTA or something like that. Again, not speaking bad about PTAs either, but it's just really, really hard. They're just in a really tough spot. And it's not that people can't get better insurance-based care. It's that maybe we can do things a little bit better for us and the patient with our license that we earned mm. if we don't bring the middleman into this. But in, like we call it cash-based, but like primary care calls it direct pay. And that's exactly what it is. So I'm yeah. like, why did we adopt the term cash-based? Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not. I mean, I hadn't really even thought about it until you posed the question. I, th- I think it's a valid point. I think, I think we could explore different options, you know, cash-based cash-based PT, it is It is a little bit of a stark way to describe it. You know, it's really... You, you just picture someone, like, handing you a lot of cash. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're like, well, do I have to pay in cash? And I'm like, yeah, I've, you're right. I know. I'm sure you've been asked that. I've been asked that, too. I'm like, no, dude. Like, honestly, please don't pay me in cash. Like, I... Like, no, I don't know where to put no that. No one knows what to do with cash anymore. Yeah. No, nobody has cash anymore. Yeah. Cash, is, cash is extra money, right? No. It's, it's not real no, money. You can do whatever you want with it. We're going to change that for sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's how I feel about things. So in the past year, things have changed a lot, right? You've, yes. Like big things are coming. Hmm. You are moving. Oh, surprise. Cuts yeah. out of the bag because you're with Exemplar. Hmm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about where you're moving to? Yeah. Um, yeah, so CAD is out of the bag. Uh, Exemplar, as everyone here in Charleston knows it, will cease to exist on February 22nd. So that is the last day Exemplar Fitness will be operating, which is, man, dude, coming up This quick. podcast will probably be posted. I, I need to look at the schedule. But yeah. Like, 
it'll be close. It'll be right there. So so Exemplar will cease to exist as of February 22nd. Our lease is up on the 28th, so it's literally going to take us a whole week mm-hmm. to get all the equipment out. Like, we have to be out, out. Not just, like, stopping operations. Like, we have to get the, the rogue equipment yeah. out. Like, everything has Oof. to go. Yeah, big project coming up. Do you know who's taking over? Oh, wait, you know what's really funny? What is really funny? On the schedule, this podcast will post on February 22nd. Oh my gosh. All right, so yeah. if you're listening to this on the day... Today is the last day. <laughs> I am probably... Well, no, so my, yeah, so my, that's a Monday, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that is the first day we will not be operating. Right? Wow. Like, so Sunday, t- technically, is our last day. So if you're okay. listening to this, I'm probably... Helping Joey move a bunch of equipment out of Exemplar. Yeah, so do you know what is going into that space? Um, there have been rumors that a bunch of different things. To be honest, I, I'm not 100% sure, so it's tough for me to say. A bigger European wax center? No, it won't or be a bigger European. in addition European. to Maple Street Business I've, Company? I, yeah, I've heard, I've heard rumors that Jason's, Jason, who is the other oh, co-owner okay. of Exemplar, is going to do something with the space. I'm just not sure, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not 100%. So y'all are ending... Exemplar is ending. It is it is dissolving, um, and then in April, um, Joey um, and and a lot of the team from Exemplar are opening up a new gym called Ethos Athletic Club, and that's going to be in downtown Charleston. Um, and man, we are, I like when I say excited, I I can't emphasize it enough. We are beyond excited about the opportunity that it holds. So what are you doing from February to whenever Ethos opens? Yeah. Where can we find you and what Marco and your, your sandwich board? Yeah, so if you ever want to challenge the integrity of your business, it is during the first year of operation, have them deal with COVID and then completely move, uprooting and moving to a complete new space. And like, by the way, you have probably around two months of... No space. Of no space. And so Mobile we're... We explored a lot of different options. Um, We explored going mobile. We explored, you know, renting a storage unit and doing the whole thing live. I thought it would be a cool idea. Um, You know, I thought of getting a big shipping container and putting it on Ethos's property and literally running PT out of that shipping container and getting people just hype for Ethos. Hype. Hype for Ethos. Um... Ultimately, what we decided was we're deciding between two locations Um, right now. They'll both be downtown. So what I can say for sure is that Prime will be located downtown. Either it'll be somewhere on UG Street. So it'll either be in in one of two locations. Um, We will have indoor facilities and all that, which will be great because that was a big worry. It's still cold right now. So um, that that was a pretty big concern. But um, so we'll be somewhere downtown in one of two spots. I haven't signed either lease yet, but we have both available to us, so we're excited. So it'll just be until like your space is ready. And Correct. Yes. Yeah. So okay. it'll be a very temporary, probably a two month lease. You won't be homeless. It, we will not be homeless. Great. Thank the Lord. Yeah, Marco a, would not be good. That homeless. was a big stressor for us, but yeah. no, we got it figured out. Awesome. Um, yeah, we just have to sign either one of those two lease lease I. Nope. Feel leases. good about lease I. Nope. I um, don't leases. <laughs> and so, so yeah and then we'll be in ethos starting in april awesome that'll be really cool mm-hmm. so now because you have another we member tell me like katie's a massage therapist mm-hmm. you met katie at exemplar yep exemplar or exemplar i think it's exemplar i think i say exemplar most 
most times. If I'm saying it really quick, it ends up being exemplar. I wonder what Joey intended it to be. Uh, well, it was actually Jason, so... Oh, okay. Well, Jason then we'll be. never know. So, how did this relationship between you and Katie start? And then what made you decide together to mm. like bring her on to the team? Yeah. Um, so, Katie actually was introduced to me by one of Exemplar's yoga instructors named Christine. Um, so, she introduced us just knowing, you know, Christine was kind of the mutual friend that knew what I believed because I had treated Christine before. Um, and then knowing, obviously, what, what her friend Katie believes in, in terms of health, wellness, medicine, and all those things, knowing what both of us believe, she put us in contact with one another. Um, and so just getting to learn, uh, learn a little bit more about her, um, she ended up having like a little bit of a, a shoulder issue. Um, you know, she's a traveling massage therapist, so she has to carry and yeah. use her hands and use her arms a lot for, a lot for her work. Yeah, a lot of weight bearing. And then a lot of driving because she was mobile. Mm. Um, so she was having a lot of like shoulder and shoulder and neck issues with all of that. So I was like, hey, like, you know, like, come on by, like, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you some physical therapy. We'll try to figure, figure this out. We'll try to be your problem solver. And, and that's what we did. And so, um, you know, and then Katie was a patient, um, you know, trying to avoid all HIPAA laws, but, but that's how, that's how we got to know her. (laughs) Shoot. Um, but yeah, trying to, uh, learn a little bit more about her. And it honestly, it gave us 75 minutes, you know, every single time that, that we saw her to talk, to talk about what she believed and what she did and what she did for work and who her family was. And so we just honestly got to know each other pretty well throughout that whole process. And by the end of it, it, it was becoming more and more clear that we believe a lot of the same things about pain, about you know pain science and how to get people out of pain and get back to doing the things they love to do. Um, and it, it just really... It, it made so much sense that we had to continue to explore that option. So then once, uh, once we got her shoulder feeling better, we sat down and we had coffee a couple of times. Um, usually like it, was usually, it started once a week and we just started to try to talk about if this is a viable partnership. And so that's, that's kind of where it began. So you mentioned a lot about like what you believe and mm. what you believe is the same thing. What do you believe? Like when you <laughs> say that, like what are you referring to? Yeah, um, as healthcare professionals, I think what we deal with, I don't know, 90 plus percent of the time is, is people are coming to us because they are in pain. People are coming to us because they want us to help them solve a problem. And I think there are a lot of healthcare professionals that do a really, really good job, you know, whether that be PT, Cairo, or massage, whoever, right? Like healthcare professionals who do a really, really good job at solving that problem. And then I think there are people who don't do a great job at solving that problem. And when it comes down to it, like what we believe is the biggest thing that kind of drives us is we need to empower the patient to take ownership of their own health, right? Like we need, we need to not just be fixers. Like I don't want to just fix your problem and like, that way you rely on me to continually fix your problem every time something comes up or every time you have, you know, pain in your knee. Like, I don't want you to come to me so I can fix you. That's not the point. You're missing the point if that's what you believe as a healthcare provider or as a patient. And, and so that's kind of what I mean by, like, 
we really resonated with that overarching core belief, pillar, whatever you want to call it. We really resonated with we need to somehow take healthcare, you know, off its pedestal or whatever and give it back to people. Like let people really, really understand and believe that you don't need us to fix you. We are just going to give you the tools to help you along the way and you're going to get out of pain yourself. And we are just, we are, you know, mere guides in that process. Teach a man to fish. Yeah, exactly. I struggle between, so I struggle between like, I want to make people so independent Mm -hmm. and obviously people are like, we went to school for this forever. We're in it. We're, that's everyone that we follow on Instagram is physical therapy and we still don't know everything. Like we still are not extremely sure. So I like, while I I want all my patients to be independent, I'm also like, yo, it's going to be okay if you still need me or you, you feel like you want me. For sure. But then when I, I have a patient who emailed me, who's, I need you to fix me. My knee's been hurting. I know. But then she was also so independent a few months ago that once I gave her the tools, this is a new issue. Yeah. But it's just like, part of me is like, it's just the verbiage yeah, for it's us. Yeah, just the wording. That we're like, no, you don't mean that, right? But the, the, and the tricky part is, right? And, and some of my patients get really like, like, okay, Elliot, that's yeah. not what I meant, right? When they say something, but I'm like, here, here's the thing. And like, here's why I correct them every time when they're like, oh, like, man, like my shoulder's messed up. I just need you to fix it, right? Here's why I correct them every time, right? Like, as healthcare providers, nine times out of ten, the patient is going to take what we say and take it, like, at face value. And whether or not, you know, that individual person really believes that it's me who's fixing the problem, whether or not they actually believe it, like, sometimes people will take that and they'll be like, oh, wow, like, you know, Let's say they see another physical therapist five years from five years down the road, and they're like, "Yeah, my old physical therapist down at Prime, he fixed me right up." And like, it just starts this train of thought where it just ends up with that person relying on us. And even if it is semantics, and even if it is just kind of verbiage that we're arguing with right now, or you know, me and the patient are having a discussion about, like. I just genuinely believe, genuinely believe that it's important. Well, I think words matter. And I think mm-hmm. you can say something once, okay, but you keep saying it, you keep saying it, like you start to believe it. Like yeah. Someone's like, oh, yeah, you want me to do this on my bad side? And I'm like, no, nope. I want you to do it on your left side, which may just be a little bit more sensitive and weaker right now. And they're like, okay, sorry. Exactly. And I'm like, no, I'm not fixing you. And they're like, all right, okay. And right. Like, no, this matters. But I think it... I wonder, like, if it matters more to us. But to me, like, to make our patients independent of us, like, the first day that I ever shadowed anything that I, whatever I thought a physical therapist was, like, the first day on their refrigerator in their break room was, like, our mission is to make people independent of us. And Mm. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. To be a healthcare professional that tries to make people not need them. It's just different, and I feel like we yeah. are the only – it's like our downfall, but also our greatest thing, especially from a business standpoint. Like, I don't go get my nails done, and then I never go back. I don't go to the dentist once, and then I never go back. I brush my teeth, hopefully, twice a day or more. I floss. We're working on that. 
but I always go back for a check-in. Mm-hmm. So it's like part of me is like I think PT could be more of like continuity, check-ins, things like that. But I think we're also so caught up in like I don't want you to feel like you need to come back. I don't like, – we almost look at it as a bad thing when people keep coming back. Right. But I think it's just because we're trying to be so far from what we think is wrong that sometimes we – it's like ethically we're like, oh, we're getting close to that. Nope, sorry, can't do it. Mm-hmm. But like on rotations, I had patients who had been at that clinic for four years. years and they're like, yeah, yeah, she just keeps coming back and we love it. I'm like, no, no. we don't because it means you're not solving the problem. It means you're not helping her. But also I'm like, if you want to come in, I'm pretty fun to hang out with. But also like because you see the value, because you enjoy it, because you don't go to therapy once and never go again. Like you don't talk to a nutritionist once and you're good forever. You don't go to church once and all of your sins are solved. Like that's not how things work. Mm -hmm. So it's just like this balance between knowing how much value we provide and that patients want us to be there for them, but also like trying to get the baby bird to fly out of the nest, but they might fly away and get hurt and run into a branch and then they come back and then we, we can help them out, figure out maybe you shouldn't fly that way. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, the goal of physical therapy is to get that person to stop doing physical therapy, quote-unquote, right? And You're the only business, like the only profession that thinks mm-hmm. that way. I agree, and you, and you even mentioned something kind of funny, right? Like, is that a good business model, right? Like, in theory, I'd make more money if people did not stop physical therapy. But that's, I think, even still, if you go down that train of thought, you're missing the point in that you're trying to provide this person the most value. And like when you bring it down to just straight up value, it's more valuable to get them out of pain, get them back to doing what they love to do, and then let the little bird fly the coop because that's what they that's what they're coming to do, right? And then and then at that point, if you're like, wow, I see so much value in this, like I want to keep coming or I want to just do a check in or I want to do all of these things that's the point where you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I do believe that I provide a lot of value. I believe Made to Move provides a ton of value, right? It's not that, it's not about, I don't think we provide value after physical therapy ends, but quote-unquote physical therapy, the goal of that is to get them to stop. Yeah. I, Nate has said this before. Healthcare should not be a good business model. Yes. Great. Yeah. So it's like, our business model is not about keeping that person relying on us. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that there are millions of people that could benefit from what we have to offer. Mm -hmm. It's like one CrossFit gym in your town is not enough because if our goal is for everyone to adopt a healthier lifestyle, move more, eat better, we need a million CrossFit gyms. We need a million cash-based physical therapists. We need whatever direct pay. Maybe I'll switch my language on that. Because if we're trying to promote that, like, what we do, everyone can benefit from it. Like, you can't see all the patients in Charleston, and neither can I. So we need, like, seven more. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, it's funny that you say that. Like, a lot of people who are semi-close to the physical therapy world in Charleston, like, they they know how big Made to Move is. And they know how well Eve has done here. Y'all have done here, I yeah, should I'm say. Like, Sorry, yeah, I'm like, what about me? Hey, now, give me some They know how well y'all have done here. And... They ask me, they're like, dude, what are you thinking? Why would you open up a practice that resembles a lot of what Made to Move does 
in the same area, right? Like, don't they have kind of this area locked down? And I'm like, dude, absolutely not. I am a firm believer that Charleston could hold five more, I don't know, ten more. Oh, at this rate, we're already moving pay, here. Yeah, direct here pay physical therapists, right? Like, the we could not even dream of seeing the amount of people that Charleston has to be seen. And I also believe that you and I provide an immense amount of value compared to a lot of other healthcare professionals. So I want everyone to see a direct pay physical therapist because I think it's the right way to go. Like if every physical therapist or physical therapy clinic in this city resembled made to move, like heck yes. And prime. I'm just saying. <laughs> I agree and with you. Prime. I agree with the point you're trying to make. You and Marco. And Katie. And Katie. Katie. Yeah, so part. what does that partnership look like now? Yeah. Um, so Katie will join Katie has joined the Prime team. Um, she will continue to operate mobily um, up until when Ethos opens. Um, so she will continue to work and, and travel through her clients' houses and, and treat just like how, just like how she's normally been treating. Um, except now that she's on Team Prime, that she'll kind of run through our channels and, and do all those things. And, and we're really, really excited for that to be a part of it. And then once Ethos opens, um, we'll have you know an office space that, that's for, for Prime. Um, she'll operate out of there. She'll bring her clients there. Um, and yeah, and so... She's going to operate, you know, just as just as she did before, with all the same beliefs about pain and beliefs about patient empowerment and things like that. Um, she's just going to do it from a single location, Ethos. Oh, she's not being mobile at all anymore. Not anymore. Oh wow. She has a very very great understanding of the Charleston area, the Charleston health, wellness, fitness community. She's also a yoga instructor for Uloha. She's This is a big change for her. It is a big change. We're, we're really excited. Yeah, I'm she sure said, she's yes. super pumped, for sure. Yeah, she is. So, looking back, a year ago, was February 2nd, 2020. Like, what would you tell yourself? What would you tell Elliot on February 2nd, 2020, knowing what you know so now? we just started that fourth rotation, right? Yep. This Man, is our second day. This is our second day in that fourth rotation. Uh, well, I still knew nothing. I met Corey Kluber yesterday, apparently. Um, I'd say, calm down. He's not that big of a deal. Um, you can get his autograph tomorrow. He's coming back. Did you get his autograph? Yeah, we okay. got okay. his autograph. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Just make sure. Uh, no, what I would tell him. Um, I would tell him to... First of all, just enjoy the process of being, you know, being in a cash-based clinic because I, I really didn't know a whole whole lot about what that looked like, and and it probably took me I feel like at least two weeks to really, you know, come away from the shock that like, wait, Andrew, you, wait, you're done for the day? We only saw five people, and like, you know, coming from my previous rotations, like I saw five people before my mid-morning snack, like. <laughs> I saw five people and the clock hadn't hit 9 a.m., you know, like, Gross. and so it just was like a very, it was so starkly different from what I had experienced in my previous physical therapy life that it, it literally catches you off guard. It doesn't feel like even the same service. And so I would say, A, just enjoy that. I would say, B, you know, talking to my past self, my one year ago self, I would definitely tell myself to invest in Zoom 
Yeah. Um, I would probably go ahead and get GameStop stock, too. Honestly, I bet it was like $2. Dude, I bet it was pennies yeah. on the dollar. And what a wild <laughs> I would tell us, life. don't book that trip to Italy. Dude, what a Don't stress about going to Europe. A lot of things I would tell. I would go ahead say, and start looking for dogs. You know, buy your Wadapalooza water t- ticket. Because I, I ended up oh forgetting to buy that. And I flew oh. all the way down to Miami. And you were like, wait, I had to get a ticket? And I forgot the ticket. <laughs> what a man. A lot of things I would tell past Elliot. But mainly it would be to really, really understand and take in as early as you could kind of what Andrew is doing up there at, at Move Strong and, and really take all of it to you know for granted. Because I wasn't sure that I was going to... I knew I wanted cash base to be some part of my life, but I definitely didn't expect myself to open a business right out of school. Woof, and yeah. if, if I would have known that, man, I would have, I would have asked and I would have started right off the rip asking Andrew a million questions. Cause it took me probably a month in to really feel like comfortable enough with the model the direct pay model to ask at least a, a logical question. Like I didn't even know enough the first month to even ask a decent question. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, that's not a good question. So, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why did you, what'd you do that way? And Why so, are you doing it that way? So I would tell them to pay, pay a little bit more attention, especially the business side of things. So just take it all in. Take it all in. All right. What makes you want to get up at 3.30 a.m.? Mm. Like, what kind of a crazy person... Yeah. Wants to get up at 3.30 a.m. Like, you have to have some sort of, like... I don't even want to answer this question for you, because I feel like I'd give it, I'd give you a good answer. What makes you want to wake up that early? Um, I am... I'm, first of all, I'm a, I'm a morning person. I, I, won't, I won't shy away from saying that. Uh, I like waking up early. It feels... Selfishly, it feels like I am getting a head start on everyone who's asleep. And so... It just me. Yeah. It just... <laughs> It selfishly makes me feel like I am ahead of the game. And whether or not that's even remotely true or not, um, it makes me feel that way. And it's just, it's the same idea as like making your bed in the morning, right? Like it's an accomplishable task. It makes you start the day with, you know, a a win, a success, and it kind of drives, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. Um, So that's, that's a big reason why I call myself a a morning person. Um... But at the end of the day, right, like I just, the way my schedule and the way my perfect schedule operates is I am seeing patients at 5 a.m. and I'll see them till you know, mid-afternoon and then I'm done. And then I get to spend the whole rest of the day um, either working on business things or working on, you know, working out or, you know, spending time on what makes me successful, you know, as a person or as a business, Um, getting to spend that time. Um, is just invaluable. So even if I didn't like waking up at 3.30 in the morning, the the pros outweigh the cons. I will never do that. I you know. make your bed in the morning? No. Exactly. So I the, do. The, the principle of it. But you don't do it. Yeah, because my making the bed every morning is getting up and seeing a patient at 5. All right. Well, that's good for you. What is a day like for you? Like walk me through a typical day of Elliot Lance. Yeah. Um, and Marco, of course. Right. I... Uh, I'll wake up, eat breakfast, coffee. Um, I'll usually try to see my first patient either around 5, 6, or 7, depending on the day, depending on the schedule. Um, right now, we are averaging you know, around four people per day, so I'll see them kind of scattered throughout the, 
the morning to probably mid afternoon. Um, after that, I mid afternoon. Anywhere between twelve and two, probably. Um, after that, we we. Uh, what's Marco doing this whole time? Marco, He's just sitting on the couch. Marco's having a great time on the couch. Yeah. At this, He's at on this the. On the corner of the couch, yeah, he's probably, just hanging out. He's probably tearing a plant or something. Yeah, he's knocking he's over a tree. Having a great time. Uh, yeah, and then after that, after work, I will go to, usually to Rhapsody, to work out. Um, do some sort of little Metcon, some horrible thing that Jared, my program, my workout programmer, has me doing. They will meet Jared, because I will definitely be interviewing Jared Good. soon. Good, well, that'll be great. That yeah. should go real well. Yeah. Um... I'll I'll work out usually from two to four, come back home, shower, um, eat some eat something else, um, and then I usually dedicate usually one to two hours like either answering emails or you know trying to figure out what I'm gonna you know put on social media or little things that that I have to do just to make sure we are always taking steps in the right direction so. That time, the the workout kind of gives my gives my brain a break from seeing patients. It's kind of a natural separation from it, and then I can put on like a business hat and and sit down with Marco or wherever, and try to figure out like what next steps Prime are taking. Yeah, I like that. Like right now, I really the days that I work out here, like I really struggle in the shift because I'll yeah. see patients until five and then I'll start my workout and I'm like, what just yeah, happened? Like, it's tough to do. Like I almost need to like take a lap. Yeah. And that, take a cold shower. That's why I've, yeah, take a cold shower. <laughs> that's why I've, I've also just really valued, you know, Rhapsody throughout all this. Like, you know, yes, I could continue to work out exemplar, but, um, you know, Rhapsody kind of gives me that separation of church and state. I would say I probably, I also don't think I'd be where I am and I don't think you would either without Rhapsody. Not at all. Um, yeah, Rhapsody, uh, you know, we, we've grown to be really, really close with Alan and Trinity and all those guys there. Um, and girls. And girls. Yeah, guys is more of a... Um, okay. Well, it's 2021. You're right. So. We should be better. All those people at Rhapsody, um, we've gotten to be really close with them. And they have been an unbelievable resource and support system whether that be as just for an athlete or as a business owner, they've been um, phenomenally helpful. They do a really, really good job at what they set out to do, making CrossFit more accessible for everyone, more making it you know more approachable for people who you know a lot of people have that kind of stigma of CrossFit is for you know big time athletes or or things like that or something someone who's wanting to work out seven days a week and and that's just really not the case and. And Rhapsody does a really, really good job with new members and bringing them on. And that's where you started CrossFit. That's where I started CrossFit. I was one of those new members. Wow. We all were, you know. Yeah. What's something that most people don't know about you? Oof. Something that people don't know about me. Uh, I'm a huge Cleveland fan. We know that. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, that's a good question. Uh... I would say I really love Taylor Swift. I really love singing in the car. Um, I'm a horrible, <laughs> horrible singer. But I really love singing in the car. Um, I take cold showers pretty regularly. Um, what? Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> um, Who are you? <laughs> I know. I, I wake up pretty early. Um, we know this. 
Man, I don't know. That's it? You just feel like you're an open book otherwise? That's all there is to know? I I like Taylor Swift and I take cold showers. Boom. Done. In Cleveland, but yeah. In Cleveland. It doesn't matter. Yeah. R.I.P. My dad owns two Marco's Pizzas. Yep. It's not even about me. Clearly I'm struggling. Yeah, like you're done. I don't think there is anything else to know about you. No. No other like influential people in your life or like anyone that inspired you. (laughs) You're not going to give me any of that, are you? Oof. No, it's okay. Don't. No, I don't want to have to beg for it. <laughs> I think it's probably a good place that's, to end. That's something that is said to to other people and, and not here on the podcast, right? I feel like. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I don't know. I don't need to gas you up here on your own podcast. Oh, this come is, on. This is, this is just an echo chamber for exactly what you want to say, so. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I control it. No, that's not true at all. Well, thank you. I feel like that was kind of a compliment, so, you know, thank you. So what's next? The next year for you. So it's almost been a year since at least the idea of Prime was born. Like, what can we expect to see from you and Katie and Marco in the next year? Yeah, I definitely expect Prime to take a lot more steps in that direction. Um, in what direction? In in the direction of forward. I'm like, I'm asking you what yeah. direction it is. The direction is that I imagine we will grow alongside Ethos, and that's got to be our number one priority is just, you know, as Ethos grows, we will grow and vice versa. Um, So we have a very, very um, vested interest in seeing that gym community just grow, right? We love the gym community at Exemplar, and if we can even create a portion of that at Ethos, I think we're going to be a wild success, and I'm just really, really excited to see where that goes. Um, so that will be a big part of our 2021 and into 2022. Um, it also, you know, we, the vision of Prime is always to grow beyond ourselves. And it's always to, it's always been about trying to help as many healthcare professionals find their space, find their spots to where, to, to where they can help as many people as they can. Um, and, you know, we, we at Prime, like, we just want to provide a space for other healthcare providers so that they can treat and they can love their job and they can impact as many lives as they can while also, you know, making a living and, and understanding that, that if we continue to fall down this, you know, insurance clinic overly heavy volume route that a lot of our healthcare system is going down, if we continue to just like push people towards that, then it's only the patient that's going to suffer. It's it's the people that are going to suffer. They're they're going to continue to get lower quality healthcare. They're you know the PT and healthcare professions that that are giving the service like they're going to get burnt out. It's just going to be this vicious cycle that we've already started to see. So Prime, I really really want it to grow into something that we can help turn the ship the opposite direction. I want to provide a space where healthcare professionals can work and love their job and change lives. Awesome. Well, Elliot, um, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. Um, probably the best way to find us is on our Instagram. Um, it's prime.performance.rehab. Um, either that or we have our email that's set out um, for kind of the general public that's info 
at primeperformancerehab.com. That's Marco's email. That's Mar- Marco will You'll respond. Get a response. <laughs> we um, have to include a picture of Marco when we post the podcast. I so feel like we know. will. Yeah. Um, so that, those are the two best ways to contact us. We also have a website and a Facebook and all the other things, but um, I feel like that's probably the two quickest ways that I'll uh, that we will get back there in touch you with you. There you go. Katie, same thing. If y'all want to reach out to Katie, she has her own space on our website. Um, she has her own Instagram, which is Katie Edwards Body Work. Um, or you can call Prime. You can email Prime, and we will push you right in touch with her. Um, yeah, and then you know we are obviously we're we're still located at Exemplar until the twenty second. Um, so I guess that's now we are no we are no longer at Exemplar. <laughs> You'll know though, and we'll we'll put you know, like where you're currently. <laughs> Don't go to Exemplar if you live yeah, in the US, especially honestly. on this day. Don't go to Exemplar. Yes. You'll just have to end up helping out move all their equipment. Yeah. Don't honestly come by. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much, Elliot. This has been great. Thanks, Anna. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day, whatever this is. Yeah. Feel good about that. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna end this. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.